You may have heard of us, but you might not know Bank First is a community bank that has no fee ATM access, interest, and perks earning checking accounts. With online and mobile banking, mortgages for every stage of life, and modern business banking for businesses, small and big. We keep it all together to put you first. Do you bank with us? You should. Bank First is an equal housing lender and a member FDIC. Well, it's Friday morning. We are here in downtown Starkville in the Farm Bureau studios, and this is our Tracks Plus Deep Dig. Look, sometimes it comes on Thursday night. Sometimes it comes on Friday. The day job's got in the way. This is going to be a Friday show today, and we're, look, not many hours from Mississippi State and Northern Kentucky University playing baseball. That's never happened before. I'm Charlie Winfield. Bart Gregory is here, and Bart, I know... If anyone is excited about the Norse coming to Starville at you. Well, I was trying to explain to Jen last night about Northern Kentucky, the Norse. And she tells me I do not enunciate well enough because she kept on thinking I was saying Norris. I said, no, it's Norse. It's like a horse with an N. That's what you got to understand. And no, we have never played this team before. It's a school just outside of Cincinnati, right on the northern shore, of, as you say, right by the river in uh, northern Kentucky, just across from Cincinnati. So, Charlie, this is one of those weekends, just like we saw last year with Eastern Michigan. Uh, Kent State is a team, is a very good baseball team, a baseball program. They have some history, so it's a little bit different. You know, last year with Eastern Michigan, that was a team that coming down south hadn't been outside a whole lot. It's very similar to this weekend. This is a weekend, and this is not to take anything away from northern Kentucky at all, but this is a weekend that's about us. Well, before we get into that, I want to distinguish what a Norse is or what the Norse are. So, because I've gotten this question a lot, is a no, is Norse like Vikings? And here's what I, actually, thanks to the wonderful world of Google, Norse refers to Norsemen, tend to be Germanic people settling in Scandinavia, who were full-time traders. Vikings were people who were actually farmers but were part-time warriors led by people of noble birth. But they're the same type people in the same area at the same time. So think like kind of like a Viking, only they're like businessmen Vikings. Are we trying to stereotype these type people? Are we trying stereotype? to stereotype? No, they are in fact Germans living in Scandinavia. Is that okay. what you're getting at? No, are, are we trying to separate the different classes? Of early Scandinavia? I don't know. We're not trying to. That is, in fact, what they are definitionally. It's no different than saying you got your agrarian people and you got your traders. These are the traders. Did you get this from hardcore history? No, this is uh, just uh, straight from Google. Difference between .net. Yes. Never heard of that before. www.differencebetween.net. So you but did you start with Google to get to that point? Oh, yeah, absolutely. Okay, I didn't know if you knew of that website before you started. No, 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 absolutely not. But so I want to do this, though, because you just mentioned and attempted at least somewhat to compare this northern Kentucky team to eastern Michigan, I believe. Is is that what, in fact, you tried to do? Yeah, I did, on um, a somewhat it's, basis. It's not as crazy a comparison. This team's not as good as Eastern Michigan, but it's not crazy. So go back to 2020 in the COVID-shortened year. Eastern Michigan was 1-13 in baseball. Northern Kentucky was 0-17. So you're telling me these, these teams match up well. <laughs> if we had them down here for a three-game series, if, if we played Eastern Michigan twice – 
and then Northern Kentucky twice. The games between them that they had at 10 a.m. at Duty Noble would be must-watch TV. They might run long. Hey, we do, by the way, we have a local connection to Northern Kentucky. Some of the folks living around the Starkville area will know Darren McGee. Some of the old baseball players remember Candy Fancher McGee, who was a diamond girl in the mid to late 80s. Her uh, son, John McGee, actually played baseball there, finished last year. He was a pitcher and also hit as well. So there's a, there's a connection for you. Okay. Hey, it's not that bad of a drive to get up there. Cincinnati's not too far. And I, listen, here's the thing about this is this is not going to be a situation where we take shots at Northern Kentucky and, I mean, what do they do it on our field? No, no, that's not the case at all. You know, sometimes, you know, this program could be good. They're only in their 11th year of playing Division One baseball. Overall, moving to Division One, they went through a transition period. I think right now in basketball, maybe they're in their fifth year. And so they came, uh, they're in the Horizon League. This is going to be a tough weekend for them. But like we talked about with Eastern Michigan coming down a couple years ago, and we thought at that time, hey, we've overmatched. This team is going to be overmatched. Charlie, they came out on a Sunday, and a guy had a no hitter in the eighth inning. And so in these situations, and there's been some great baseball guys to come out of the Horizon League. And I, this is not a knock at the Horizon League. But for a lot of those guys, they stand out on that mound and they see the double decker, and this is their major league appearance. This is, in the back of their mind, the big time. And as you saw last week, Ramirez is really not a good example of that. But sometimes guys relish in that moment. You can't just take for granted. That's the great thing about baseball. You just can't out-athlete people most of the time. So third-year coach, Dizzy Payton, longtime assistant there. If I were him and I were looking at my scouting report, they went 0-3 opening weekend, by the way, played East Tennessee. The thing that I would be worried about is this. I'd say, hey, the good news is we hit four home runs last weekend. The bad news is they struck out 41 times. And so then you start to say, what's it going to look like when you're facing a Landon Sims? What's it going to look like when you're facing a Preston Johnson? Look, this is a team that, now keep in mind, I'm the guy that said we had a 75% chance of taking two out of three last week. But that being said, if we lose a game this weekend, it will be notable. It will be crippling. No, I don't want to say crippling. It'll be it'll be bad from an RPI standpoint. Because when you look at this weekend at the end of the year and you start talking about quad wins, this is going to be quad four no matter what you do. Right. So a loss this weekend would be detrimental when you start talking about your hosting. When I look at this program and when I look at Northern Kentucky – They've got a lot of Division II transfers, a lot of transfers on this team. And, Charlie, what do you see on Friday nights in Division II? We've been there. We've seen it. 85, 86, 87. Right, 85. And sometimes you got a guy throws 90, and that's a big deal when a guy throws 90. Well, Landon Sims toes that rubber at 3 o'clock later this afternoon, and he pumps up 95. There's going to be kind of some, hey, we've all been there. We've all been on the bad side of this. Well, most of us have. That little quirky grin and looking at your buddies and saying, all right, I'm going to see if I can hit this. You know what I'm saying? Oh, I mean, yeah. it's not about being locked in. It's about looking at your buddies and saying, if I get a hit off this guy, we're going to be talking about this for two hours on the bus ride back. Oh, absolutely. And, and don't let me mess up and get two hits today or you'll never hear it. You talk about the guy who will be unbearable. 
at the hotel. So I think back, and I said we've all been there before. I was there one time with Jeremy Jackson. Remember Jeremy Jackson, the pitched yeah. here? Jeremy Jackson's a year older than I am. And, of course, you know, Jeremy was really good here at State. Left-handed pitcher, now doctor. And we were playing Jeremy Jackson in the State games. And I was so excited. Kid from Nanawoya about to bat against Jeremy Jackson. Threw me a fastball, and I hit a rocket seed right down the third base line. It was about a foot foul. Man, I was so excited. Then he threw me two curveballs and made me look like a stupid fool. But it was that grin in the dugout of, you see that? You see that line yeah, drive? one in play. I almost got that double. Almost got it. And that's kind of the same mindset that you'll see this weekend from Northern Kentucky. Yeah. Maybe we're selling them a little bit short in terms of their competitive instincts. You know, there's bound to be somebody in that dugout who's thinking we're going to come down here and play well, right? I mean, why come if you don't believe you can win? But by the second inning, yeah, that's where it's going to go. Somebody's going to be optimistic, and then that will end. But So what do you tell yourself if you're Northern Kentucky, though? Well, let's see. We've got a better chance day two, day three, right? Let's let's run up some pitch counts, try to get Sims out of there, and then and then let's see if we can compete against kind of the back end of the bullpen. Yeah, because look at this from day one, right? Let's look at Northern Kentucky of what they're going to throw today. Klingenbeck went a third of an inning last week. Charlie, he gave up a triple on the first at bat, got the second guy out, fly out, drove in a run with a sacrifice fly. Then he walked four in a row. Had an infield fielder's choice, gave up a hit batsman, a walk, and then another triple, and that's when they pulled him. It was just getting squeezed. Well, and so a third of an inning of work, and they pulled him. Most times when we look at stats, they stop at 99 when you start talking about ERA. They don't go past 99. They actually have on the printed-out sheet of the stats, his ERA is 162. 162. 162 is his ERA. So you can look at that a couple of ways. One is, hey, this is a guy that you can probably get to early. Or if you're clinging back, hey, nowhere to go but up from here. Well, throw strikes and make them hit the triple instead of uh, put guys on. Let me go back to this. So let me be the, the half-empty guy. How might we be frustrated Imagine if we roll three ground balls to the infield in the first inning, and then you do it again in the second inning, pop one or two up. How frustrated are you then? You know, is it one of those situations where if it doesn't go well early? Look, these guys aren't stupid. They read stats. They know who they're playing. But if our guys don't come out and have the first inning like they did against Pine Bluff, where are we and where does that get in our heads? Well, and let's be honest, Charlie. The Pine Bluff inning doesn't happen if the second baseman feels a ground ball. With two outs. It's a routine ground ball to second base. We score one run in that inning, and that's all. And after that, they fell apart. Guy couldn't throw a strike. They couldn't make a play. And we score eight runs in the first inning. So that was more their undoing. And that's not taking anything away from our guys. The thing about hitting, and you're going to see high 80s with fastball, the timing is such a big issue. And so what do you see? You see rolled over ground balls, or you see guys getting out front and popping things straight up in the air. That's what you have to guard against this weekend is is having bad at bats and trying to get up there. And that's what's that old quote those old-time coaches used to say all the time, try to do too much. Just don't try to do too much. Well, that's the weekend for us. You know, I, I've always hated that quote. I have too. And I, I've used it a few times, but it's like, okay, 
I'll stop at second instead of getting a triple. I mean, what, what does that even mean? Don't do too much. Okay, I'll just get a single. I get the idea, though. If, if you're going up there thinking I've got to hit home runs instead of staying fundamental. It's getting outside the fundamentals. You know who does not get outside the fundamentals? Our guys that we're in the studios right now. Farm Bureau, go with the home team. Check them out at favorites.com. They have agents in all 82 counties in Mississippi, whether it be home, life, auto, whatever. Whatever you need in the insurance business, our good friends at Farm Bureau. And once again, this is the Trax Plus Deep Dig. Trax Plus, four locations. Of course, the one in Hickory, Startwell, Summit, Mississippi, and then in Alexandria, Louisiana. Fred Fulton, Daniel Bounds in Columbus. Ken Crosby down in Hickory. Grace Howell down in Summit, Mississippi, and Hoop Weems down in Alexandria, Louisiana. Tracks Plus, Barco, Saney, and Massey Ferguson now. And so just great guys in the equipment world. Charlie, Landon Sims today, we do have a change in the weekend rotation where we're going to see Preston Johnson on Saturday, Kate Smith on Sunday. I like keeping Kate Smith on Sunday. I don't know about you. I don't know if it really matters this weekend. No, I think the fewer moving parts you have, the better, right? you got to win all three, and Preston Johnson's a legitimate front-line pitcher. Now, I think a lot of people looked at this and said, oh, they're taking Hunt out to put Johnson in. I don't know if we'll see Hunt at all this weekend. I don't have a definitive answer on that, but, you know, there were times last week that Hunt just didn't look comfortable out on the mound. And so let's let's just see what comes out there. But I'm not sure we'll see him at all. Okay, so State used Preston Johnson last weekend. And Preston was very good his first inning. His second inning in the sixth, he walked the bases loaded. Just didn't look comfortable at all. And then we did a good job to get him out of the seventh inning. Jack Walker comes in and pitches the ninth. You know, Preston was okay last week. Do you think he'll be more comfortable? That's, that's to me, is what the unknown is right now, is how will he be in a starting role because he's never done this at Mississippi State. And in cold weather. I mean, it's not exactly going to be a Chamber of Commerce-type day tomorrow from, from all indications. I still think it's, I think it's tough to pitch in cold weather. Am I making too much out of that? I don't at all because – it's least, harder to get your grip sometimes on the ball. The balls are hot, harder. We've talked to pitchers before. It feels like a pearl, a slippery pearl out there, especially since they took the seams down. And so it is a little bit different. These guys grew up pitching in cold weather. I mean, Crystal Springs, you know, you pitch in cold weather sometimes early in the season. So it's not like you've never done it, but it's going to be cold tomorrow. It's going to be cold this weekend. Of course, basketball is a noontime start. Baseball is a 2 o'clock start. So remember, if you're coming to the baseball game tomorrow, basketball parking does take precedence. Sunday, you have women's basketball going on at the same same time as baseball. So this is going to be one of those crazy... Whose parking matters then? Women's basketball. Women's basketball parking trumps baseball parking. Any basketball parking trumps baseball parking. Is it because they're later in the season? It's because they're later in the season, and that's just the way it's always been done, I think. I don't know. Well, that's not a great mindset of doing anything, Bart. We don't do things just because it's the way it's always been done. But, hey, we'll work on that. It's what people are used to. Okay. Well, now, that seems a little little better. It's a mess when you have to schedule things right on top, top of each other. And, look, it would be real easy kind of as an outsider to say, why on earth are you playing things at the same time? It's TV. Man, we don't have any control over that the way we used to. You know, in the old days, you'd play one at 10, or one at noon, one at 6. You can't do that anymore. No, and softball's going on. you got a bunch of different things going on this weekend. And, hey, you better layer up. Have you got your heater? You got your blanket today? 
Now, I do need a space heater, though. Are those illegal in the stadium? I don't know. One of those permission forgiveness deals, I think. Uh, that sounds like a plan to me. And so, yeah, once you bring one and, like, put it on the right side of you where it blows across your feet and my feet both, okay? Because it's going to be cold. It was cold last Friday. Got better Saturday and Sunday. Landon Sims, let's go back to Landon for a minute. Is today the day where do you try to pitch to contact and try to get batters out of there as quick as possible, keep your pitch count down? Well, and I would go a step further and just say, is this the game where you want Landon Sims gone at the end of five, even if his pitch count's at 51? How many pitchers do you use this weekend? As many guys as you can possibly burn through? Say yes. Because I asked that question Tuesday, and I know people are going to ask this question. Tuesday we played a game against Pine Bluff where we had a 10-run rule after seven. I doubt you'd see that this weekend. I'm not saying it won't happen, but it would surprise me to see it on a weekend. Because you rarely see a seven-inning, ten-run rule on a weekend because coaches want to use all their pitchers. You rarely see it at all inside of the regular season, right? And I know we had a lot of people kind of tweeting, saying, well, of course there's a ten-run rule. Didn't you watch the SEC tournament? Completely different that, game. It's a different different system in the tournament than it is during the regular season. Here's the hypothetical I want to give. Let's say that we're winning this game eight to nothing, okay? And – We've gone through the fifth. Don't you pull Sims right then, period, no matter what? Oh, yeah. I think so. I think so. He's it, qualified it, for the win. Right. And if he has more more pitches to throw on the pitch count, just take him down the bullpen and let him throw it. Yeah. You know? That's what we did the other night after Jackson Fristo got finished. He went down to the bullpen, and people are sitting there saying, what, what's he doing down to the bullpen? Well, he was just kind of finishing up is what he was doing. So, you know, Bart, the only good thing about the cold time of year, no mosquitoes. That's right. But it's coming. It's supposed to be 70 degrees by the end of the week. It's it a, really? Yeah, and it's been wet. It won't be long for its mosquito season. Yeah, you'll be out there slapping your legs. You won't have to slap your legs as much if you call our good friends at Mosquito Joe. Mosquito Joe of East Mississippi and the Jackson area, providing the barrier treatments. If you're building onto the back of your house right now, if you're building an outdoor kitchen, while you're in the construction phase, Give the guys at Mosquito Joe a call, and they'll come by and kind of make sure you plan in for one of the misting systems. They've got their regular systemic. They have the natural treatments as well. But I can tell a massive difference, a massive difference of when the guys come from Mosquito Joe and when I let it go for a month, a month and a half, and they haven't come by to spray. It's a great product. Those guys do a great job all throughout East Central Mississippi, Meridian, Tumsuba, Louisville, Starkville, Columbus, and of course, Madison area, Jackson. Get on their rotation and get rid of the mosquitoes and make outside fun again. Because let me tell you something, it is a difference maker if you like to go outside. Our good friends at Mosquito Joe. Charlie, we talked about we needed to be short today. I don't know if we need to be this short, but well, look, it's really not a whole lot we can say about this weekend with Mississippi State and Northern Kentucky. I want to see a good approach to the plate. All right, so I, that gives me a, a quick detour. One of the things that's kind of my well, become a pet peeve of mine is the misuse of the word approach at the plate. And I know that you're using it properly. Executing at the plate and approach at the plate are two different things. You, you ever hear people after the game, well, we didn't have a good approach. Well, <laughs> no, we just didn't hit well. Those are two different things, right? Approach is the mindset of how you're going to attack the hitter. Approach is the idea of when Rafael Palmero told us, I was only going opposite field with fastballs from left-handed pitchers. That's an approach. 
swinging and missing doesn't mean your approach is bad. It might be, but they're not synonymous. Can you get on board with me here? Oh, yeah. I mean, approach is all about, you know, what your plan is. I mean, what's your plan when you go to the batter's box? So many of these guys in high school are C-ball, hit-ball, because you can kind of get away with it in, in high school. But when you get up here, and you, then all of a sudden, and, and I, know, I know you try to tell guys don't overthink, but you do have to think. You do have to have an approach at the plate that says, this is what I think this guy is going to throw me. You can't be a guess hitter. I mean, you have to be able to back off of that if a guy throws you a change up and you're looking for fastball. But you have to go to the plate with a plan. I guess I'd use the word plan more than approach. Yeah, it just it always cracks me up, though, to listen to people. You know, a guy strikes out, oh, that was a terrible approach. No, it may have been a terrible at bat. His approach might have been great in what he was trying to do. It's the execution of the plan that didn't go as well. But in any event, little detour. Let but, me ask you this question. All right. If you've got two strikes on you and a guy throws a change-up fastball, whatever, he can throw anything he wants to throw, and you've got a huge, big swing, is that plan or approach? Is that a bad at bat? Well, I guess we got to back up. You said two strikes. What's the count? One and, two. One and two. One and two. O two. Three two. Two two. I don't care. Two strikes. Generally speaking, I don't like big swings on two strikes. And I think that's been one of the things that Mississippi State has done pretty well. Now, if you go into the Major League Baseball analytics, they basically say, you know, just keep swinging. And that's one of the reasons we did not strike out as much last year. And that can be an approach. Right, because right. we changed our approach with two strikes. Sometimes you have big swings until you get to two strikes, and then you, you shorten up, widen your stance, you know, all the little things that everybody talks about. Do you see Joey Gallo, by the way, speaking of bad approaches? Are you familiar with Joey Gallo? I am. A- so Joey Gallo was a member of the Texas Rangers. They fleeced the Yankees, got the Yankees to take him. And so this week, Gallo came out complaining about the shift. And he basically says, we've got to do something about the shift. How am I supposed to hit doubles and triples when there are six guys in the outfield? So I dug into Mr. Gallo's numbers. He struck out 48% of his at-bats in his career. That is nuts. I don't care where you put the guys at that point. Let them sit in the stands. You know, your problem in the shift, it's contact. And that, to me, though, goes back to two things. One, a bad approach, which there's no adjustment at all on two strikes. But then the second is a bad swing. I mean, it goes back to the whole idea of in Major League Baseball, we've turned everything into strikeout or home run. It's like home run derby, all or nothing. I think the thing that I do like, if you want to use the word approach, historically, and by historically, I mean over the past couple of years, this Mississippi State team has had a good approach with two strikes. We saw last weekend, even in that game, on Sunday, when we finally played well, there was a lot of balls that we just put in play with two strikes and got runs in. We hit it in the right spot, tough play, they couldn't make it. I still believe in college baseball, getting it in play matters. Hey, and getting games in matters too. And once again, we talked about it during the week. It doesn't look like we will have a doubleheader tomorrow. Looks like the rain may come through at 10. We've had a lot of rain this week. Looks like the rain may come through tomorrow night, and so we should be good on all of our game times this weekend. Now, it is going to be cold, so if you're coming to the ballpark, make sure you button up a little bit. Charlie, we'll be there 3 o'clock later today, 2 o'clock Saturday, 1 o'clock Sunday. Hey, thanks to our great sponsors. We're in the Farm Bureau studios. Go with the home team. Check them out at favorites.com. Tracks Plus, the four locations, three in Mississippi, one in Louisiana. Mosquito Joe, I'm telling you, I'm telling you, if you never had your yard sprayed, the, the barrier treatment, 
It is great. It's a difference maker. And then our good friends at Bank First, check them out online at bankfirstfs.com. All right, Bart. You know, sometimes we can dig into these things. Sometimes it just kind of is what it is, as they say. This is uh, a weekend. No excuses. Bulldogs got to win. You will not have a happy Charlie Winfield on Sunday morning if we haven't won too. But not to jinx it, I think I'll be happy. So thanks for hanging out. We'll talk to you guys on Sunday.